The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life, each of us needs to awaken to explore in depth who we really are. Welcome to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Today, we'll learn what our past lives can tell us about our present life and understand how our beliefs create our reality. Now, here is Dr. Joe Mancini. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dr. Joe Mancini, your host for Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist and spiritual counselor in private practice in Maryland. I want to say first a few words about the overall focus of the show for those who are new listeners. In various ways on the show, in every episode, we will examine how to access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life. And I can't think of a greater and more awesome overall goal for all of our lives. To accomplish that goal, each of us needs to awaken, to explore in depth who each of us really is to recognize oneself as a compassionate, multidimensional being made of God stuff, and to accept responsibility for being the co-creator with all that is of every bit of one's reality. This series of 13 episodes that began on August 13th focus on what past lives can tell us about who we really are. My guests and I will examine several related topics, such as the true nature of past lives, soul mission and karma, the multidimensional self, reincarnating soul groups, how to change past lives and soul contracts, and much, much more. A further aid to all this exploration will be the concepts about past lives and other metaphysical matters that were voiced by Seth, that energy personality essence channeled by Jane Roberts from 1963 to her passing over in 1984. Rich Kendall, one of the so-called New York boys who attended Jane's ESP classes in the early 70s, shared with us at the beginning of the series some of Seth's ideas about past lives and also what Seth said about a couple of Rich's past lives. You can access that show and others by going to the episode directory on my Voice America homepage. Over the past few weeks, We've been talking about various aspects of past life regression, commonly known as PLR. But today, we're going to be talking also about shamanism, a much more ancient practice that in many ways is very similar to PLR. I have as my guests Dana and Shana Robinson, shamanic practitioners and teachers, and authors of The Spirit Mate, Experiencing the Ecstasy of the Celestial Lover. We're going to talk about the unique workshop the three of us facilitated some months ago, combining shamanism and PLR. Good morning, Dana and Shannon, and welcome to the show. Hey, Joe. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Joe. Good morning, guys. Okay. For several weeks, my listeners have heard me and other guests talk a great deal about PLR 
and the Sethian concepts that underlie my use of that, my use of that modality. But since we are here today to compare PLR with shamanism, we should start with a definition of what's called core shamanism. So how would you guys describe the essential nature and process of that modality? Either one. Well, Joe, um, I, I, um, we can look at shamanism itself first, and, okay. uh, uh, and then we'll add uh, that element of core shamanism. Shamanism, we could say, is an ancient, perhaps going back 40,000 years or more, um, set of spiritual techniques found around the world, uh, typically in indigenous societies. And these are spiritual techniques for promoting healing, for acquiring knowledge through divination, and for acquiring what we call power and uh we could you know define that power now the power exists in various forms on the planet earth these days but when we when the shaman talks about power uh typically the shaman is is the shaman that's talking about the most positive take on power and we like to say that that power that spirit power that the shaman deals with and works with and swims in uh, in his work or her work is a combination of energy plus intelligence plus love plus ethics. So that's really good stuff. Really good and stuff. Core shamanism is uh, the um, practice and concept introduced to the world by Michael Harner, who is my teacher and who is the author of. The Way of the Shaman, which uh, really was uh, a sensational book. It's still uh, uh, selling uh, well to this day, 30-something years later. And it's a fantastic introduction to the world of the shaman. And now Harner has come out with another book, uh, which really fills in some of the gaps uh, that he did not get into in the way of the shaman. This new book is called Cave and Cosmos. I highly recommend both. So core shamanism, we could say, is the consists of the bare bones essentials of, of shamanism found worldwide. So we could say uh, the core elements of shamanism are embodied in, 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 in this idea of core shamanism. There are these shamanism basically around the world has certain basic techniques and 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 at the core of core shamanism and at the core of shamanism is the shamanic journey shana why don't you take it from here well i was just going to say that i think many people today look at shamanism and think that it's um people running around acting like native americans and what i think i would underscore here is that for most um people broadening that concept in it takes them back to siberia where the word shaman comes from and Shaman means he or she who knows. And so what is it the shaman knows? The shaman knows the territories outside of this world, this ordinary reality that we all experience. And pretty much there's a consensus as to the fact I see a tree, you see a tree, and move into non-ordinary reality. And I think that's where um, core shamanism 
takes us out of those very culturally specific practices. So you don't need to dress a certain way. You don't have to mm-hmm. eat certain foods. You're not bowing mm-hmm. to the directions. Things don't have those um, idiosyncratic meanings that they might have in other cultures. And it brings it, makes it more accessible to the Westerner who may find the change in language, the, the change in tone, all these other auxiliary practices, very foreign. And so um, basically what's interesting now, too, is that when we talk about the shaman, the shaman to do his or her work often has an altered state of consciousness um, achieved through a sonic driver percussion, travels to other realms, and achieves miracles. Those are the very strict aspects of the definition of the shaman. What's interesting to note is that Michael Harner has expanded that in his new Cave and Cosmos, and that's somewhat tracking other people in the field who say that the shaman is someone who engages in active communication with the spirits. So that's shamanism basically in a nutshell, and core shamanism is that non-culturally specific practice of engagement with the spirits. Uh, that was a great rendition of the of the definitions of those two. Uh, so thank you both for that. Um, I took some courses with Dana and Shana, uh, starting back probably about four years ago. And as I continued to take those courses and enjoy them thoroughly, um, I kept thinking, you know, there's a lot of resemblances between what I do in past life regression and what I'm learning in this core shamanistic, um, new tradition. And so one day uh, I went up after one class and talked to both Dana and Shana about the possibility of doing a workshop, combining the modalities. And we both said to each other, all of us, all three of us said to each other uh, that we had no knowledge of anyone else doing this. So the workshop was going to be unique. We were going to explore uh, unknown territory, and that's what was exciting about it. So what I'd like to do first, as we begin to talk about um, the combination of these two modalities, is uh, to talk about how we planned uh, the workshop so that, that the listeners get a sense of what we actually did, so that when we have um, two participants from that workshop come on uh, the show in a short while, uh, you'll have some sense of uh, what they did to achieve the results that they had. Okay, so uh, Dana and Shana, what what was the honorary c- ceremony for past lives and the present lives that you guys did, and why did you do it? That was the start of the workshop. Oh, gosh. Um... I think you had asked us to come up with an opening ceremony and we had both been thinking about how to do that and what it needed to do. And, you know, it's hard to say how things drop into your head when you go to spirit and ask for inspiration. But, um, I remember that suddenly became my responsibility and I thought, Oh, yo, yo. <laughs> so, um, I, it felt like it had to be very formal. It felt like it had to have a kind of pervasive um, connection to the elements. And so what all I remember is that we came up with this idea of having 
water there representing the ocean of consciousness. The idea was that we as explorers in both modalities of consciousness and how we move our awareness from place to place, we needed to acknowledge that there was an ocean of consciousness, um, this primal space out of which everything seemed to arise. And what, what we were doing was seeking the seeds of knowledge and learning that we could glean from that ocean. And so we honored the um, ocean of primal awareness and we used water. And because we wanted to have illumination, I included a candle um, and we, we lit a candle. And, you know, so we had this, this awareness, this candle for illumination. And then we just invoked with humility all of the, the powers, the, the, you call them what you will, um, to come forth to bring wisdom into our present embodiment of, of consciousness, mind, and form. And so we ex- invoked and then we expressed gratitude. The last piece of it was to just cast petals of flowers upon the water as an offering of gratitude. So um, how it all popped into being, it was, it, it's always amazing. You can conceptualize these ceremonies. You can feel that they're almost spoon-fed to you by the spirit. But until you perform them in a group and see that, wow, that was, boy, that had some kind of meaning. And that, that was um, a depth to it that you may not even expect. So that's kind of how that came about. And I, I know that was true of me uh, when I experienced putting those petals on the water. Uh, I felt an immediate um, change of state. Uh, mm. And I felt everybody uh, was really open. And what we d- I did next was do uh, a little bit of, of talking about um, metaphysics from the uh, PLR point of view or the hypnosis point of view. And so I overviewed uh, definitions uh, of past lives, parallel lives, future lives, counterpart selves, uh, the multidimensional soul, simultaneous time. And we talked about the regression process. And all this really stimulated people to open their awareness and think in multidimensional terms. And I, mm-hmm. we were told that um, people really, most people really enjoyed that discussion because, as I remember one person said, we don't get to talk about this kind of thing in many other places. No, it's not coffee shop talk. No, no, absolutely not. And then I actually, we had, you know, we had a break and then we did the past life regression. And Mm -hmm. according to the basic way I described in the second episode of the series, so I won't go through that again, uh, but we did that. And then the next thing after the regression was to have everybody write down, take about 15 to 20 minutes to write down everything that happened. And Mm -hmm. what's really important about that is that it's a, it constitutes a grounding exercise. You're putting what is non-material into a material reality, and the, the writing, in a sense, holds that experience for you, so you don't have to keep it um, in your consciousness in, in uh, its entirety. Uh, and it also provides uh, information that you can revisit later and find out more. So that's one of the reasons why we did that. And we're going to be talking about, uh, hopefully we're going to have time to do this, about some grounding exercises. Because when you're doing spiritual journeying, 
of any kind, it's really important to be able to come back and use the material that you get and really get back into your body and into this world. Um, so, and we also had lunch, which helped because eating is another grounding exercise that gets the a body uh, metabolic uh, system moving. And then I help people uh, to process each other's uh, past life regression by first demonstrating with somebody at the, at, in front of the class. And what's really important about this, should people do this um, on their own, is that when you, at, when you are helping someone else process, you ask them many questions to help them bring more and more of what they experienced into verbalization. And only after you've done that do you, with permission, offer your own insights about what might have happened. And this is a critically important thing that you don't interfere with another person's process, that you don't impose interpretations on other people. So that worked really well. And then uh, we had the dyadic sharing. Um, and then we had a group sharing. And people were quite blown away by what they experienced and what others experienced. And then I think we prepared at the end of that day for uh, the next day, which was going to focus on shamanism. And so now I turn over the description of the second day to you guys. Well, okay, Joe, thank you. Now, uh, <clears throat> I, I think the first time we did this work together, we did, we've done it twice. The first time, there were some people there who were not uh, versed in the shamanic journey. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, we want to make sure that uh, if we're going to use shamanism on day two to look at past lives and uh, look at the, any experience that we may have had the day before, we want to uh, know how to take a shamanic journey. So, uh, And I know the second time we got together, everyone there had, I, I, I believe, uh, was uh, quite familiar. And I had think that's right. Yeah. yeah, the shamanic journey. But uh, now, uh, do you want me to mention the specific exercises that yes. we did? Yes. Well, now, uh, we spoke a little about shamanism, and uh, there's plenty to say, and I think we could spend all day just talking about shamanism and, and then go on to the next day and continue talking about But uh, we had plenty of work to do. So uh, initially, we asked our participants to take a shamanic journey to what we call the lower world to meet an animal helper spirit and ask, how can I best take advantage of this workshop? Now, <clears throat> what is the lower world? All right, we can just say it's the land below. Uh, it's uh, amongst other things. It's certainly the afterlife uh, for many different peoples, including the Roman, the ancient Romans numerous indigenous peoples, and um, we're not talking about Dante's Inferno here. So, um, And we're very familiar with it. Some of the stories we have in popular culture, like Alice in Wonderland, show us that there is a lower world, a world that is below the surface of ours, um, not even related to ours, where many things happen, and there are helpers that um, can teach us lessons. Yeah. 
So now, in the eyes of the shaman, the lower world, as well as the upper world, and we can define the upper world as the land up above. There are other names for it. Uh, heaven, the land of Oz, uh, Never Never Land, and, and depending on the story. But um, in the eyes of the shaman, the lower, these other realms, lower world and upper world, they're outside of time. And these are realms that are available to us at the point of death. So these are spirit realms. And most people who have been to these places understand that they're places of great beauty, uh, populated largely by beings of great wisdom and compassion. And I think part of the reason we wanted to make sure people knew how to journey and to find a power animal or some animal helper was because when we do the journey work, Many times it is the animal helper, the animal spirit guide that can direct us, help us on our journey to access the information that we're, we're seeking. Okay. Now, so now I, I want to say now that the, um, the specific, beyond actually all the exercises that uh, we took people through on day two were given to us by our own spirit helpers. So, look, we all have minds. Hopefully we know how to use them uh, pretty well and to our advantage and the advantage of all other beings on the planet. But uh, the shaman understands that in these other realms, the upper world and the lower world, there are beings that embody tremendous wisdom. And um, it's uh, very worthwhile to consult with these beings, you know, on important questions. Why not have a second opinion or a third or fourth opinion for that matter? So, Prior to our doing this work with you, Joe, uh, Joe we um, took shamanic journeys to our own spirit helpers and asked what sorts of things that we could do that would be beneficial to our workshop participants. And uh, what what uh, what we did on day two come uh, came out of those journeys, uh, our own journeys, Shana's and mine, to our own spirit helpers. So. Um, before lunch, we took another shamanic journey, and we um, called on our own animal spirit helper. Uh, Dana, let me interrupt you. Uh, one other thing I think you didn't mention is that when uh, you guided people or told people that um, the journey was to, to go to the low world and meet an animal helper, that when everyone came back from that journey, uh, you invited people to merge with that animal spirit in dance. Oh, okay. oh that's true. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. And because you really wanted to embody that, that uh, the spirit and medicine of that um, yeah, animal helper. Okay. okay. I just wanted you to forget that because that was a Thank really you. important piece. I think you're okay. right because the, the embodiment of wisdom is, is what brings it forward into life. And, Absolutely. And by the way, merging with a helping spirit is one of the basic activities of the shaman, right? And this is exactly. not such an unusual, weird thing. Shamans are said to be said to have been the first actors on the planet. And, uh, but the shaman's not acting and merging. In fact, the sh shaman is literally embodying the spirit of a helper. And so you've got the power of that spirit merged with with uh, the shaman or the shamanic practitioner. And you can imagine 
that uh, this can enhance uh, one's own being and one's own life here, having the power of that being at one with you, at least from time to time. Right. Okay. Now, yeah. So the second journey, the second journey. Okay. For the second journey, what we did was we asked people to call the power animal to themselves and asked the animal to take them to a critical point in the past life. Now we didn't instruct them how the animal would transport them. Um, we didn't instruct them very much. The idea was to give them the opportunity to have a very open-ended experience. So they had a choice to be visible or invisible. The object and intention of going to that past life with the help of the power animal was for them to gather information. They had the uh, ability, if they so chose, to offer advice, keeping in mind that whatever they said or did might and very possibly could change the past life, rather like a stone tossed into a pond. A new resonance could be established and reverberate into the present life. So this was more of a fact-finding mission than a correction mission, but correction was definitely there as an opportunity. So as they would take this journey, um, you know, people would have the drum. They would do follow the intention, go to wherever the power animal took them, and then at the callback, which is another, it's a shift in the sonic driver that signals the, the journeyer to return. Upon return, there was an examination of the journey. Um, again, much like your instruction to write down details, the same thing happens in the core shamanic workshop situation and any journey taking situation. Get that detail down in as much detail as possible because it solidifies the experience. It makes it much more real. We see it in workshops all the time. Somebody will say, oh, I didn't do anything. Well, what happened? And they begin to relate the story. And suddenly it's concrete. It has value. And it becomes a revelatory process. So the person, upon returning, we were asking them to look at particular questions. Okay, number one, how were you taken? Where did you wind up on this journey? Were you taken to more than one scene? What did you learn and what did you share with your past self, if anything? And was there a difference in the experience if you, say, were visible part-time or invisible part of the time? So it was an opportunity to look at the detail and then begin to examine it, pick it apart. And, right? and let me just say this, that grounding was very important, uh, especially on the second day, because people were really feeling their multidimensionality. So we had to keep on bringing them uh, into this life, back into this life through the writing, and also taking a break and going out in nature. And yes, we'll absolutely. say more about that later. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to say that. Oh, I'm glad you did, because that brings up a very important point. Because we talk a little bit about the discipline involved in shamanism. And one of the most important disciplines as the protocol is when you go on a journey, you return from the journey. You bring your whole self back. And certainly the writing and being with nature helps you achieve that 
Well, and, and I want to also say, Joe, that uh, I found it very interesting uh, and important that um, you reminded everybody that in going to this past life, and in, in which in this uh, particular journey we're talking about, and in gathering information, you may even offer advice to that past life self. Right. And then you, you cautioned us, keep in mind that what you say or do could uh, affect a change in that past life, which would re reverberate into your present life. So it seems to me that, that uh, you know, in doing this work, uh, one must, uh, as in all phases of life, I think, as uh, uh, exercise uh, restraint and uh, a common sense and, um, you know, and, 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 and intelligence. And responsibility. In my, yes. in my metaphysics, the, the reverberation isn't necessarily automatically received into this world. The person in the present still has to accept it, but uh -huh. you still have to be careful about what you ask for. Yes. Always, always. Because you, are, you create your own reality. So, okay, so let's move on to the third uh, journey. Right. Uh, well, uh, the third journey, let's see. We had the power animal, our own power animal, take us to our past life self, to the time or age most appropriate for this particular journey. And I want to stress, uh, uh, let me say something about that. Yeah. In the original past life, there is a, there is a first scene that, that the journeyer goes to. In this exercise with the shamanic journeying, the person could have gone to another scene in that past life that was not visited uh, by in the past life regression. So, oh, someone, yes. so that's what I, I want to make the distinction here is that uh, somebody could go to uh, an earlier age and understand more about what uh, that past life persona was up to in that life. So that, right. that's and, a crucial distinction. And I, yeah. I got to tell you, this journey kind of, I thought, blew my mind when my own, I, I believe it was my spirit teacher who gave me this exercise. I'm not trying to take uh, credit for it, Shana, but I think that's uh, no, where yeah, it came yeah. from. But mm -hmm. it just blows my mind uh, what 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 um, <clears throat> we were asked to do here by my spirit teacher. So we go back to this past life. We merge with that past life self, then return to our present life and ask what advice or observations does a past life self have for me regarding the people and places in my present life and regarding my own spiritual life. Pretty so cool. <laughs> our present life through the eyes of the past life self. Yeah, I just wanted to pause there because that is pretty mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't have thought that up myself, okay? <laughs> If you'd heard the discussion we were having earlier today about multidimensionality, I know this came from his spirit. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Um, so, and then after that journey, people were encouraged to uh, uh, think about how they could apply what they learned from that past right. life self. I might because... add that in, in, this, in this journey, we, <clears throat> when we heard the call back, from the drum, time to come out of this experience. We did go back to that past life, because we're still merged with the past life self, 
and we release that past life self back into that past life. So that's a pretty important piece of this particular journey. Right, because that's another aspect of the discipline. Once you merge, we typically say unmerge so that we retain the integrity of the self right. exactly. and, and know our boundaries. I think in a lot of this work, um, I usually give my 20-second soapbox, disc- soapbox discussion about boundaries, knowing who you are and where your boundaries are. I think it's critical. Okay. Well, we're going to go for a break, and okay. uh, we've got a little bit more to talk about that, and then we're going to bring on our guests, uh, other guests, uh, Lynn and Sand, who participated in the workshop. Okay, this is Joe Mancini, host of Explorations and Consciousness with Dr. Joe, and we'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you thought that there may be more to your life than you know? Maybe you're puzzled by coincidences that seem to happen out of nowhere. Or possibly you have a sense of deja vu in a place you have never been before. What about those dreams that seem to materialize right before your eyes? or bring startling, clear images of loved ones who have passed over. These are only a few of the great many topics that you can find much more about by having a hypnotherapeutic session with Dr. Joe Mancini. Dr. Joe is a clinical hypnotherapist certified by many national and international hypnosis organizations specializing in spiritual hypnotherapy. Dr. Joe can help you discover much more of who you really are and why you came here this time around. Joe's clients repeatedly emphasize his vast spiritual knowledge, amazing skills, and great heart. He establishes a safe, caring environment in which individuals feel free to be all that they are. Call Joe at 301-526-2043 or reach him by email at soulserver at errols.com to find out more. That's 301-526-2043 or by email at soul, S-R-V-R, at E-R-O-L-S dot com. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. To reach Dr. Joe Mancini or his guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to soulserver at errols.com. That's soul, S-R-V-R, at errols, E-R-O-L-S, dot com. Now, back to Explorations in Consciousness. Welcome back. This is Dr. Joe, host of Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. And I have as my guests Dana and Shana Robinson, who are shamanic practitioners and teachers. And we're talking about uh, the combination in a workshop, a unique workshop, of shamanic and PLR modalities. So, uh just to quickly finish up um, the description of the workshop, uh, once we had people come back and share and ground, 
Then we talked about the similarities and dissimilarities between past life regression and shamanism. And we'll talk about those ourselves here now, later uh, in the this, in this segment. Uh, and then we had a final process of uh, thanks to all help, helpers in past life persona. We formed a circle and we said, and I think I've got this right, we thank the spirits, we thank ourselves, we thank one another, and we will remember all of the support as we walk through our lives. And then, of course, as happens at the end of every Dana and Shana workshop, we sing Happy Trails. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> which right. Is, which is always fun. Okay. It is. It usually brings a smile to everybody's that's, face. That's, Joe, that's a kind of regression in itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, to people who are, are no longer with us. Um, <laughs> exactly. I and think and for, horses and dogs. And horses and dogs with it. Exactly. Okay. So I would like to welcome our two other guests, Lynn and Sand. Hello. Hello. Hi, Joe. Nice Hi. to be here. Okay, when, um, when you speak, please use your name. This is Sandra, this is Lynn, so that listeners know uh, the difference. Uh, you were our unwitting uh, participants in this workshop, and none of us knew what was really going to happen, but it seemed that uh, certainly the two of you had pretty um, awesome experiences. Is that correct? Yeah, this is Lynn. I did, and it's still with me. Okay. And, Lynn, I'm going to ask you about that in a, in a, a few moments, but I want to talk to Sian first. Okay. And, Sian, uh, I'd like you to briefly summarize uh, what your past life regression was uh, about, who you were, and you know what the core experience was. Oh, okay. Um Essentially, I was in feudal China. I was a man who was at some kind of a religious-slash-military temple. And um, during the hypnosis regression, I came in when I was in my 20s and had a series of scenes progressing until I died. I was um, feeling lonely, feeling like I was an observer, for, um, at some point, I had done something wrong. I wasn't clear what it was. I was rejected, abandoned. I was actually sent away at one point, and then I came back, but I was never really a part of the community again. And I died there feeling um, isolated. And what, other died, fe- what other okay. feelings did you have when you what died? It's not only, yeah, it wasn't just isolation. Uh, what did you feel about your... Uh, uh, talents and abilities? I, I had some merging with other past lives going on. And so it was, it was a complicated set of feelings. And the, in part, I felt like I was isolated for my gifts, that I was being mm-hmm. rejected for something that I had done that I thought was an appropriate thing, but that was not received that way. Um, you you were bucking a kind of traditional culture, were you not, even in the monastery? Oh, yes, absolutely. And absolutely. so you, you couldn't be yourself without some kind of um, consequence. Yes, that is, that is right? true. That is true. 
when I progressed into the, the next day, the workshops um, that were the shamanic workshops with Dana and Shana, or the experiences with Dana and Shana, um, what I discovered when uh, I went, my, my power animal first took me back was um, that as a boy of about 14, I was abandoned there by my family. Something was going on in my family. I was not allowed to be there. It was some kind of a power play. I didn't want to go to this temple, but they sent me there against my will. And so my experience there was that I was abandoned, rejected, um, not allowed to be a part of my family. Right. Let me stop you there for a second and just take you back to something you else said, uh, something else you said that I want to make sure my listeners understand. You said, if I'm correct, that during that past life on the, on the first day, you were experience, experiencing kind of like um, glimpses of other past lives. And those other past lives, you had a sense, had something to do with the same kinds of feelings that you had in the, the life that you're now describing. Is that correct? That is correct. I can be more specific. In one of those lives, I was a woman who was killed for being a witch. Okay. So I, I just want to remind my listeners that this can happen, and what San did that was really powerful is that she was aware of those other past lives bleeding through, but she also made a decision to, uh, you know, a very disciplined decision to stay primarily in the life of um, this Chinese person. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. So that's something really important because it gets very multidimensional and I want to make sure people are understanding what you're saying. Okay. So right. the it's next like day... at one level I was trying to integrate the information, but I still wanted to be present to what is going on in this particular life. It, exactly. And, and it's, it's difficult sometimes unless you have a lot of practice. So, so to go back to what you were saying, um, you had... Uh, the, sh- uh, the power animal took you back to an earlier time in that past life than yeah. you had experienced the first day. And you experienced that abandonment uh, from your uh, parents, your family. They right. just kind of dumped you into the monastery, which was, quote, unquote, an honorable thing or an honorable way to get rid of you. Yeah. Is that right? Family it was. <laughs> it was for them. Right. So go on. So what happened next uh, with the next uh, uh, journey? Well, what I did in that journey, I took the option of um, remaining invisible but communicating, and I became this kind of disembodied voice, and I just told this boy, kind of like that first night, um, that, uh, that this was not necessarily something he needs to stay with, that he could get away, that if he stays there, he's going to have um, a troubled life, that he wasn't going to be happy, and that it was like being in a prison. And I encouraged him to think of other options. Now, later on, I realized, you know, thinking of other options for somebody in that time frame was probably beyond his ability because he was in a culture where... You know, you're born into a certain life, you do what you're told, the group mind and needs are more important than the individual needs, and mm-hmm. um, so I, I don't know what I was, you know, setting him up for, more frustration, possibly, is, is what I thought about later, but that is what I, I said to him at the time. Yeah, you may have given him some courage in some sense, because you're a shamanic journeyer from... Um, from his future, in a sense, 
and in a sense letting him know that other lives are other kinds of lives are possible if not then at a later time so that may have had a positive influence on him well and, and i hope so i okay and and uh you can go back you can journey back there and find out yeah. uh I, I do want to make one other point uh, or make more of what something you said that you, you were in disembodied voice. And I think you had written that you came to him in a dream at nighttime. Well, he was in bed. He was supposed to be sleeping, okay. but he couldn't because he had just been dumped there. Right. So I was a voice kind of speaking soul to soul was my my experience of it. So those of my listeners who may actually experience something like this in their current lifetime, uh, hearing a disembodied voice, you may not be crazy. You may actually be getting a message from a, a future self on a shamanic journey. So it's something to think, really think about. Okay. It's really hard to tease those things apart. Yeah, yeah. So... Tell us about the next, uh, the next journey. The, the next um, phase, um, I went back, merged, and came forward again. And when I went back, he was, again, in his late 20s, so he was still there at the temple. Um, we came back to the, the, my life now, and um, what was it Dana said? Blown away, amazing. The mm -hmm. perspective was cutting edge. Um, he was able to comment. I, 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 we went to a couple of different areas in my life. I'm a psychologist. We went to my practice. We went to my home. We went to some energy work that I do. We went to my shamanic journey. And he was able to say very clearly, you experience excitement, joy, satisfaction, spiritual meaning here, but not so much here. And he also noted a lack of self-discipline in a number of areas um, and commented very poignantly that I live in a prison of my own mind, of my own making. I'm holding myself back that I had encouraged him to leave his prison, but I hadn't left mine. I seem to be waiting for something. <laughs> be careful what you say to a past life persona. It may come back at you. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Dana, Shana, do you have anything to add or ask? Um, well, I did. And in just listening to this whole thing about the, the dream piece of it and the voice coming through the dream, mm -hmm. I was reminded of um, some of the dream work that shamans do. And the idea being that our dreams are openings to spirits and the spirits do come to us in dream. And really, I think uh, it's incumbent upon most shamanic practitioners, and I know shamans in indigenous situations, to watch their dreams, to look for those messages, and to be very attentive. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Well, Sam, thank you very much. Um, and now I want to go to Lynn. And Lynn, I know you're not going to be telling us in as much detail uh, what you experienced, but whatever you would like to share about that whole process on, the two, uh, you know, on both days, uh, we'd like to hear you. Uh, well, I'm a little bit more comfortable with sharing the details because after um, kind of reading my notes and reading my notes and uh, so forth, I it finally started to pull itself back together again. Um, but uh, in the past life regression, I um, 
Well, prior to that, I've had many uh, stories unfold kind of around the same past life from my 20s all the way up to through my mid-40s, I would say. And in this particular workshop, I had a com- another past life experience come up uh, dealing with the 1800s and um, in various time periods or sections of the past life regression, I got to see various stages of my life from the time I was eight years old in this lifetime to when I died in probably my 70s or 80s, according to what my body looked like. And it was, you know, a story about um, conflict uh, in the American Indian and um, out west, a lot of uh, you know fighting and uh, scary situations of which I kept I ran from at a very young age, and then found myself in the middle of the life uh, to be in a western town and sort of, uh, I will say, it was a a saloon and a brothel and ended up uh, being part of that and getting very um, disgusted with it and um, found myself running away from that again and then ending up in uh, the next session in a little, like, western town in the mountains, which I would say look like Colorado Springs or uh, Steamboat or Telluride. I I recognized it a little bit. And living in this little cute house by a graveyard (laughs) and a church. And so it was very scenic. It was... um, you know, very uh, familiar, if you will, uh, certain aspects of it. And uh, kind of saw my sadness in that life and yet what my mission was in that life during that whole kind of state where uh, I found that I was helping women leave that brothel and uh, learn how to work themselves into society after kind of being savaged, and then also being a part of the women's suffrage and leading that. I remember seeing a scene in the church in Telluride, I'll call it, where I was praying and felt like I didn't have all my peoples or women behind me and was quite concerned. And then I turned around and saw all these young teenage girls, women, chattering about and all behind me getting ready to march. Okay. So Lynn, um, Lynn, excuse it was, me. Uh, it's been since quite profound for me in my okay. life. So we're not going to have time, unfortunately, to go um, into the second, your second day experiences. But uh, say a couple of sentences about overall what the workshop as a whole did for you. Uh, well, it's, it's built a, 
uh, it's built upon who and what my soul is, both the shamanism and the past life regression. Uh, it has um, opened up doors of who I am and circumstances that I find myself in this life that correspond to past lives or the journeying and shamanism. Okay. And I find myself accepting that and changing the stories, as Sand mentioned, or what was created in many of our shaman uh, trainings to kind of change that story and be able to live much more joyfully with who you are and all of that. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm, unfortunately, we're coming to a close for today. And I want to thank all of you, Dana, Shana, Lynn, and Sand, for your personal stories and, and or your uh, professional expertise. On the topic thank you, of Joe. Thank you, Joe. Uh, great. Uh, you were, all of you, immensely knowledgeable about these very important topics. And I want to announce to my listeners that Dana, Shana, and I will be doing another unique workshop, this time on future progression and shamanism. It's a two-day workshop scheduled for November 15th through the 7th. Uh, we have to check that. I think it's the 16th and the 17th. In Beltsville, Maryland, you can contact me at 301-526-2043 or at soulserver at errols.com. That info is also on my Voice America homepage. This is Dr. Joe Mantini, your host for Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I will be putting on the VA blog some more information about grounding techniques for spiritual journey. journeying. Please tune in next week when I will have as my guest Linda Baker, psychiatric RN and certified alchemical hypnotherapist, as well as author of The Bridge Between the World, Soul Contracts, and co-author of Alchemical Sense. Linda will describe the nature and purpose of soul contracts and also what she calls spiritual post-conception birth control, a very loving process wherein the pregnant woman can communicate with her unborn child about whether the time is right for her birth. May you all open to peace of all that is in every moment of your lives, and thank you for listening, and a hearty good day to all of you. Thank you for tuning in to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Please join us again next Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We'll offer another enlightening program next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.